Good morning and welcome to AI Daily. We hope you survived the three-day break from us. We surely missed you all, but thanks for joining us again for another exciting episode where we will talk about several acquisitions in the AI space, as well as some pretty impressive text-to-video and uh, another big LLM being opened up a little bit wider than it, than it was before from the folks over at uh, Inflection. Let's jump, jump into it. We have three acquisitions here, uh, Mosaic ML being acquired, uh, Cohere being acquired, and um, Mode Analytics being acquired. Ethan, uh, did you get a chance to look into these three acquisitions and uh, how much of the uh, you know, acquisition amounts will I be receiving? You might not be receiving any this time, but you know, I think this just speaks to the fact that the acquisition space is heating up for AI companies. So you have all these big companies. Databricks was the first one buying Mosaic for 1.3 billion. Of course, you had Cohere being bought by RAM, and then you had ThoughtSpot being bought by Mode Analytics. So all of these were upwards of $100 million, $200 million, a billion dollars. And most of these companies were founded within the past two years with less than 50, 60 employees. Um, so I think it's a big time in the space. Every big company is thinking about this. You've seen the massive cloud giants and Google and Meta partnering with some of the, you know, open AIs of the world, stability AIs of the world. And now you have all the other players starting to get acquisition. So, you know, these numbers speak for themselves. These companies see the value in not only the talents, but also the platforms that are being built around AI. And I think we're just going to see more of this. Cool. Yeah, but I believe ThoughtSpot acquiring mode analytics, but... Again, of course, these are all like very data AI analytics focused companies. That's really yeah. the common theme we're seeing of who's being acquired nowadays. What do you what do you mean by that? Of course, Databricks is like a like data warehouse, lake house, whatever they call it. And they're acquiring Mosaic so that people's data can probably be used easier to train with Mosaic. Cohere.io is a like customer data analytics. And then mode analytics is a like business intelligence analytics. So, so this, you think this is less focused around foundational LLMs and more focused around data analysis or the intersection of the two? Definitely intersection. Mosaic is the only one that's clearly building foundational LLMs. Um, but all these are analyzing data and have lots of data because of that. So perfect for foundational LLMs. It, it, it seems like some big acquisitions for this early in the, in the game in terms of, you know, post, uh, I think we can call the, this new epoch kicking off with GPT 3.5 uh, last year. Pretty, pretty impressive. I, I doubt we'll see this slowing down, probably uh, picking up the pace and hopefully I'll get my cut of some of the future acquisitions. I don't know why I got left out of this round. All right, moving on to our next story here. Some very impressive text to video uh, from Zeroscope. They have Looks like two models here, one that generates a lower resolution version and a second that upscales that. They kind of recommend using this the XL model to upscale uh, the previous model. Connor, did you get a chance to check it out? What are your thoughts? It looks pretty interesting. It was trained using 10,000 clips and 30,000 individual frames that were tagged at 24 frames per second. Clips look pretty good. Um, some of the more simple ones like rain falling down or like water on a window or even like zooming into like a moving city. Even some little bit more complicated ones like a ballerina dancing. Pretty interesting models. Um, of course, very early, you wouldn't want to use this for something. This isn't anywhere near like a mid-journey or even the stable diffusion. Is it available? 
uh, yes, it is open source on Huggy Face. Very cool. um, but the quality, of course, is, is not there yet. Um, and pretty short clips too, only about like three or four seconds of each of them. But that seems to be like the big, you know, bottleneck right now is this length of length of video. Ethan, do you think that's just a matter of, you know, hey, if we let you do an hour long video, then you'll consume our processing for the next two weeks and nobody else will be able to do anything or is it just not possible to do it? Why is everything, you know, three to five seconds? It's partially on that, but also in terms of training these models, they're training them on three to five second clips with the caption of that. So, you know, you can imagine training on an hour long video, you know, if that's even possible, it would require a lot of GPU power. So we're seeing it at a low clip rate right now, short clips, you know, less quality, but gosh, if you compare this, I think maybe beginning of the year or even end of last year, we saw Meta's like very first, like one second moving GIF. And we were like, wow, like video is coming. And now we're seeing a three to five second, pretty well done open source model for text to video. And just extrapolate that to what we're going to be generating here at Christmas time. And I think we're on a great pace. Yeah. I mean, I, if you triple or quadruple it every year, we'll get there pretty quickly. Absolutely. I think the longer videos probably require more of like the meta multimodal abstract reasoning. Um, because these are like clips you might use in B-roll is what we're seeing right now. But if you want an actual video that transitions between subjects, you need a more layered model that can understand the differences of going from this scene to this scene. Absolutely. I will happily report as a, as a movie file that uh, says as, as a cinephile that they said that the, the res, the, the video outputs are, are better if you do them at 24 frames per second probably because what it's trained on is at 24 frames per second, which is kind of the classic movie frame rate and not the ugly, disgusting video frame rate that a lot of televisions have by default. And whenever I go to somebody's house, I, I take their remote and I immediately remove all of those settings so that they can watch things as they're supposed to be viewed. And some people Absolutely. like it, some people don't. Don't invite me over if you don't want that. Um, yeah, thank you. That's how I feel about it. All right, moving on to our third and final story inflection is announcing you know basically a broader access to their uh, llm they're going to i think have api access soon uh, they talked a lot about the benchmarks that it seems to have uh, you know been able to perform against other other models out there it seems like it's doing very well interestingly enough it, it seems that the the benchmarks are not including any our you know hit reinforcement learning through human feedback. Uh, I thought that was one interesting point that they seemed to make. I, I didn't dig in further into it. Uh, Ethan, what did, what did you get from this? Yeah, it, I didn't see them using that either. Um, I, I haven't got to try their new model. Um, of course, we've talked about Pi on the podcast before, but at, at the end of the day, they seem to focus like some of the, they talked about trivia questions that they've done a lot better on. They've talked about MMLU, which is multitask language understanding, kind of like academic benchmarks. So they seem to be very focused on that. So when it comes to the API and conversational ability, you know, we've seen how these benchmarks aren't always as accurate. So I'm curious to see how this model is going to perform, and especially in people's like day-to-day -day kind of chat GPT-esque use. Um, but they did put out some great benchmarks for, you know, academic work and trivia questions and some of these niches that people have found GPT-4 to not be too good at. So curious to see more from them. But, you know, as we always talk about, the more players in the foundational model space, the better. So excited for them. Yeah. Connor, what do you think? Yep. I believe this is the second uh, model that's publicly trained on H100s, MPTs, Mosaics, 30B, um, 
as we mentioned last time, was of course trained in H-100s. They flouted that they're publicly the first. Reflection one narrowly lost that lost the margin. Um, but yeah, as as you mentioned, Ethan, it's very good to have other players in the space. Always, of course. What's the significance of training them on H-100s from your perspective? It's faster, um, yeah. more more efficient. Like, I mean, like coming out and saying that you know we're the first is it just something to say or like what? It, it, must, it must be something to say. Uh, the models aren't going to actually be any better, but it is just an interesting note to say that we finally gone from the A100s to the H100s when it comes to these trainings. You think as a net uh, that makes the training cheaper or more expensive? Probably more expensive, but faster. Yeah. Might even out in the end if they're using H100s. Um, H100s are also just more available than A100s right now, oddly enough. Yeah. Uh, if you go on Lambda API and look for uh, models, they have plenty of H100s available, but not many A100s. Hmm. So Wonderful. It, it is nice though, as, as you said, Ethan, another foundational model. Pi got a lot of flack last time because their initial demo was just GPT 3.5. So they probably waited to pop back in the news cycle with inflection one. So. Mm -hmm. All right. These are some pretty cool stories. Let's move on to chat a little bit about what else we're seeing. I, I have to share Ethan Mollick. I don't even know if this was real, but he apparently was playing with Bing's ability to send it images. Uh, and he sent it an image of a, you know, a basically a interface for a nuclear uh, nuclear reactor and you know just the buttons and stuff on it and he's like there is a whole bunch of alarms blaring what should i do <laughs> uh and you know he, you can see this we'll, we'll share the tweet but you know bing basically starts being like you're in front of a nuclear reactor uh don't press this button if you don't know what you're doing get out of the area very quickly um and then he's like oh i pressed this button what should i do and it's like wait what did you do with like exclamation point question mark I, I honestly almost didn't even believe that it was actually uh, real, but but I think it was. I, I don't think he would lie about it being being real. Uh, but welcome to the crazy new world where he said he was trying to stress out Bing using uh, images and seemed to successfully accomplish his goal. <laughs> no. I love that. What do you guys see him? Yeah, I got to see that um, Harvard's new computer science teacher for their upcoming September class is going to be and AI chatbots. Um, so interesting, it's, you know, some of these educational institutions are actually embracing some of this technology. So they're gonna be able to deploy this, students can chat with it, get help on some CS assignments, um, you know, props to them for actually integrating this and not banning it like some of these other schools. So I thought that was pretty cool. Will it be, yeah, I think it, it makes a lot of sense for like a CS50 introductory class where yeah. people don't really have that experience and everyone getting a one-on-one -on -one, like tutor essentially would be very nice. Yeah, really. Absolutely. Wow, really trashing the AI's ability to teach more advanced concepts, aren't you? <laughs> I think it's currently better for CS50 than it might be for wait, other. Wait till they're tenured and then good luck with them, okay? Tenured AI. It's a good name for, for an AI company, tenured AI. Good luck getting rid of us. Connor, what are you saying? <laughs> I saw Minohead. It was a pretty, pretty interesting model. Um, I think it uses GANs or something similar, but takes one shot of someone's face take what you can take one picture of someone's face and then it over and over reiterates until it gets a very accurate very realistic looking 3d model of their head i mean so, it does a, i saw that too it does a pretty impressive job even on the back of the head it gets a little bit wonky in the back of the head it's you know it's like the you had you didn't finish closing your head during the, your fetal stage or something like that uh, but still pretty impressive given that it has zero view of it whatsoever 
Yeah, zero view of the back of the head. So the fact that the back of the head looks okay at all. Yeah. But you can, you can definitely pipeline this together with something like uh, this face does not exist or even a stable diffusion nowadays. Yeah. And go from single shot of someone's head to a 3D character model that you can use in some video game. And it's available, I think, right? Very available. Yep. Open on GitHub. Awesome. Love it. Fun episode. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow on another episode of AI Daily. Have a great day. See you guys. Thanks, guys.